The Bible passage for uh, tonight is Mark 2, starting at verse 1 through to 12. So that's Mark chapter 2, starting at verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this man talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say? To this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, Get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Thank you so much for the way that you read that today. Um, there's an example, I think, of reading the Bible for meaning. I think as, uh, as we heard the word there, we got an insight into what God is wanting us to hear, um, which really helps as we unpack God's word. My name is Al James. I am a member of the 1030 congregation, and um, it is a huge privilege for me to open God's word with you today, uh, not least because from this congregation, uh, some of you... Uh, lead my kids, disciple my kids at youth group and in kids' church. And I just want to say I'm so thankful for that. Um, this congregation shoulders much of the burden in that regard, along with other people as well. But uh, what a privilege for you to partner with me as a parent in the discipleship of my kids, and what a privilege that I get to come and share God's Word with you today. So I'm really excited to do that. Um, uh, if you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles up the back. Shoot your hand up and Pete will come around with Bibles, a few hands over here, fantastic. Um, and as we read God's Word, we want to we ask God to help us with that. We want to we understand it really well. So I'm going to pray and ask that He would do that now. Let's pray. Father, we thank You that You bothered with us, that You communicated to us um, Your Word. You've revealed who You are, what You're like to us. And so now as we read Your Word and as we seek to understand it and explore it. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to know you better and that you would help us to love you more. And we ask that for Jesus' sake. Amen. 
Uh, well, in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, the passage we're in today, uh, thinking about need quite a lot. What do we need? And so, of course, I asked my kids and my family this question this week, what do you need most? And uh, my boys, as soon as I asked that question, they, they said, they knew I was writing a sermon, so they said, oh, God, and assurance of salvation. I said, boys, it's okay. You don't have to give me the God answer. And so they switched their answers to food. And so that's what they were after. Um, others in my family said, I need mummy. And others said, um, interesting, one of my daughters quite insightfully said she needs to be able to see. I thought, that is very deep for a six-year-old. I realised later that she'd been wearing an eye mask a lot and kind of purposely kind of blinding herself. So that was on her mind. Um, uh, and someone else in my family, and I, I won't let you know who that was, um, just said, I just really want some sleep. Leave it up to you to work out who that is. Now, of course, each of these needs have an end. They're not just needs in and of themselves. They, they're directed towards something. So you need food to stay alive. And you need sleep to be able to function in the day and not crash the car. And you need to be able to see, to be able to get around the house without bumping into people. And you need mummy to get your great big mummy cuddles. What do you need to be friends with God? What do you need to be in relationship with the creator of the universe? This is one of the key questions that Mark chapter 2, 1 to 12 helps us with. So we're going to dive into that passage and it starts with Jesus going to the town that he had made his home, Capernaum. And he had been traveling around and as he had, he had taught about God's kingdom in ways that people had never seen before. He had commanded an evil spirit to come out of a man. He had healed a friend's mother from a fever. He'd healed a man with a skin disease and he actually just had healed a whole lot of people. And so people had heard that he was doing these amazing things. He had a reputation. And so when he came back to his adopted hometown of Capernaum, everyone wanted to see him and they crowded to see him and they wanted to hear something special. They wanted to hear his teaching with authority and they wanted to see something special, his healing. And so they were packed into the house that he was staying in uh, like sardines in a can. There was no room left. It says in the passage, even outside the door. And so you can imagine this room packed. So everyone's shoulder to shoulder. It's so packed that people can't actually keep coming in. This is the kind of crowd that we're thinking of. And so it was in incredibly crowded in there. Uh, and there was no room left. And so when four men came walking up with their friend on a stretcher, they had a fairly major problem because he couldn't walk. He was paralysed and there was no way that he was going to be able to fit into that house. But they did have some luck because houses in Capernaum uh, had two features that were not in every house in 21st century Sydney. And one of them was that there were stairs up the outside that would leave, uh, lead to the roof. And the second feature was that the roof was flat and it was made of mud and sticks and leaves. And so they carried him up the, the stairs to the roof. They, they 
put him down on the roof and then they dug a hole in the roof. Now, I'm really, really familiar with this passage. I imagine that many of you are as well. And so when I read this passage, I don't even flinch when I hear that they dug a hole in the roof. But we just need to stop for a moment, just realise how crazy it is. Who digs a hole in a roof? Has anyone ever dug a hole in your roof? I think not. Maybe you might make a hole in a roof if there is an emergency, some kind of imminent danger. Um, and it wasn't a cultural thing. Like, you know, we can't, maybe we kind of go, oh, no, no, it was an honour to dig a hole in someone's roof. No, 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 no. It was rude to dig a hole in someone's roof. This is, this is a crazy thing that has gone on. But these guys, these four men, and um, the man that they're carrying, they are focused. They're intent. Maybe there's a bit of desperation in what they're doing, but we definitely know that they were committed. Their friend was paralysed, and Jesus could heal, and so they dug a hole in the roof. And then they lowered this man down, and Jesus saw him, and turned to him and he said, son. And what we're expecting him to say, what everyone in the whole room expected him to say was, son, be healed. Everyone in the room can see what this man needs. He's been carried in on a stretcher and lowered down through a hole in the roof. Everyone can see what he needs, but one man can see what he needs even more than that. And so he says in verse 5, Son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus focuses on forgiveness of sin. Now, he did know what his friends know. Jesus did know what the man's friends knew. He, he can see that the man is unable to walk. He does know that being able to get around more freely will help this man. This man is, because of his disability, on the margins of society. And he knows that if he is able to walk, he'll be brought in from the margins of society. He knows that in order to walk, the man needs to be healed. But Jesus focuses on forgiveness of sin. Because he knows that in order for this man to be friends with God, he needs to have his sins forgiven. And Jesus focuses on this. And by focusing on forgiveness first, Jesus is saying that before anything else, before any other thing, people are made for relationship with God. For anything else, that is our purpose. And if that's true, that before anything else, people are made for a relationship with God, then there are at least two things that are worth saying. The first is this. If before anything else, people are made for a relationship with God, then first of all, we are much more than just what we can do or what we can contribute to society. Because we do go through life 
being measured for what we can do, what we can contribute. If you've got a job, you know, you'll perform in your job, you'll do a good job and then you might get a promotion or a pay rise or whatever. And if you are incompetent in your job, that will be recognised somehow as well. Uh, when I was um, five years old, I was in the under six Bs, but then they realised how good I was at soccer and then the next year they put me up to the A's. I was in the level one maths class in year seven, first year of high school, I was winning. And then that year they realised I wasn't as good at maths as they thought I was and so they dropped me in year eight. And to be honest, apart from a few blips, I spent a fair bit of my schooling and then also university being really, really, really mediocre. That was kind of my thing. But before anything else, I am made for relationship with God. Before anything else, we are made for relationship with God, which means we are much more than what we can do. And we are much more than what we can't do much more than what we can contribute or can't contribute to society. We are much more than that. Second, if it's true that before anything else, we are made for relationship with God, then it's also true that our biggest need is forgiveness. The, the thing we need most is forgiveness of sin. And the reason for that is because sin is the barrier between God and people. If before anything else we are made for relationship with God, then forgiveness of our sin is our biggest need. We need it more than food or mummy or to be able to see. We need it more than sleep. We need it more than air. We need forgiveness of sins. And just ex explore a little bit what exactly sin is. Now, there's lots of ways to talk about sin, but one helpful way to talk about it is this. Sin is rejecting God. And the reason that's helpful to think about it that way is because we can kind of imagine it. Now, this is something that humans are good at. We've been doing it for a very long time. We've been rejecting God pretty much from the very beginning of when there were humans. And what that looks like is we reject God when we don't want to hear what he says. And we reject God when we know what he says and we don't believe it. And we reject God when we know what he says and we believe what he says maybe, but then we ignore it anyway. And you can imagine it with a person, okay? So imagine rejecting a friend or a family member. What would that look like? Well, you'd ignore them. You'd avoid them, you'd push them away, you'd stop talking to them, you'd live your life separate, separate from them, you wouldn't care about them, you'd live life without thinking about them at all. And the result of rejecting someone is that you are separate from them. Rejecting someone puts up a barrier between you. And our sin separates us from God, it puts up a barrier between us and God. But forgiveness brings us closer together. It pulls down the barrier. And this works on a human level. When you forgive others, it restores relationship. 
It brings you closer together. It brings down the barrier. And it is the same with God. The only thing that can bring us closer to God to remove the barrier between us and him is forgiveness of our sin. Forgiveness for rejecting God. Our biggest need is forgiveness of sin. Because before anything else, we are made for relationship with him. Now, if you are like me, and I assume that you are, as you run through all the things that we need most in your head, uh, the list of things that we rattle off that, oh, I need this, I need that. Most of the time, a lot of the time, forgiveness of sin doesn't easily come to mind. And so I think it's worth asking the question of ourselves. It's certainly helpful for me to ask this of myself. Do we get this about ourselves? Have we taken that on board? That our greatest need before, before anything else is forgiveness of sin because we are made for relationship with God. Now, when Jesus says in verse 5, son, your sins are forgiven, that's a surprising thing because people are expecting him to say something else. But it's surprising for another reason. It's surprising also because he is, in saying, son, your sins are forgiven, making a huge claim. Because what he is saying to this man is, I can forgive sins. And that's what he's saying to everybody in the room. He's saying, I can forgive sins. And there are some people there, some very important people called teachers of the law. And these people knew God's word. They, they were in, in many ways the caretakers of God's word. And so when they hear him make that claim, they're thinking in verse 7, he is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Because in claiming that he could forgive sins, Jesus is also claiming that he is God. And so these guardians of God's word, the teachers of the law, they are not impressed. And Jesus can see what they're thinking. And he says in verse 8, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. And the answer to that is it's clearly easier to say your sins are forgiven. Why? Because there's no outward proof of it. Because I, I could dish out forgiveness of sins like Oprah dishes out car, cars. You know, you've got forgiveness of sins, and you've got, and you've got forgiveness. All of you have got forgiveness of sins. And that would be really easy to say. And Jesus claims he has the authority to forgive sins. But he doesn't make that claim lightly. Because in verse 10 he says, But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. And then he turns to the paralyzed man. And he looks at him and he says, I tell you, get up. Take your mat and go home. And the teachers of the law and the four friends and everybody in the house and everybody squished into the doorway 
and all the people that have made their way up onto the roof now and looking down through the hole are watching. And they're waiting to see what will happen. And they are waiting with bated breath because this is a high stakes moment. Jesus has made an incredible claim that he can forgive sins. And he stakes this claim on the man getting up and walking out. And so as they watch, everybody is watching. Because if he doesn't move, then all he has done is say that the man's sins are forgiven. And so with every eye fixed on the paralyzed man, he moves, he gets up, picks up his mat and he walks out of the house before anything else. We are made for relationship with God. Our greatest need is forgiveness of sins. Because without forgiveness of sins, you can't have relationship with God. You remain distant from God, separated from God. In rejecting God, which is what sin is, we lose him. And we lose all that he is and all that he gives, light and love and life and goodness. But with forgiveness of sins, the barrier between us and God is brought down. Relationship is restored. We escape judgment. Eternal life is given to us. Life forever exactly as it was designed to be with the God of the universe, with all that he is and all that he gives, light, love, life, goodness, and everything that is good. That's the result of forgiveness of sins. How good is that? How much do we want that? Before anything else, we are made for relationship with God. Our greatest need is to have our sins forgiven. And in healing this paralyzed man, Jesus shows that he has the authority. He is the one that can give us what we need. He can forgive sins. He wants to forgive our sins. He loves us so much that he died on a cross so that our sins can be forgiven. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, friends, won't you ask him to? Now, I I don't know you guys very well. I love you (laughs) in a kind of brotherly way. I don't know very many of you very well, but I have no doubt that there are people tonight who are on a journey in terms of thinking about Jesus, thinking about sin, thinking about forgiveness. And I wanted to say, if that is you, if you're thinking this through, you can ask him for forgiveness. And I, I want to do that too, do you know? Because I am thankful 
for the forgiveness of my sins. And so I'm going to pray a prayer. It's a very short kind of three-point prayer. And if you want to ask God for forgiveness, you can do that in your head. So let me pray. And then after that, just a few concluding kind of remarks. Let me pray. Lord, I am sorry for my sin. And Lord, I want to be in relationship with you. I can only do that if you forgive me. So I ask that you will. Amen. And if you prayed that for the first time, tell someone, tell a friend, tell someone in the room, tell, tell a staff member. Um, if you prayed that for the thousandth time, tell someone. Show someone how thankful you are for forgiveness of sin. You know, there were a few different ways that people responded to Jesus' words and what he did in this passage. Um, the first one is in verse 7. We've already seen that. The teachers of the law, that they were sceptical. They didn't really believe Jesus when he said that he could forgive sins. But the second response is in verse 12. It's after the man gets up and he walks out in full view of them all. And it says this in verse 12. It says that this amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this. Now, I like to think that some of those skeptics, the teachers of the law, when they saw Jesus demonstrate his authority to forgive sins, that maybe some of them accepted his authority, turned to him, asked him forgiveness. That would be an amazing outcome and, and well within the bounds of what is possible with God. But this, this question, or I should say this response, um, gives us a moment to ask that of ourselves. So I want to ask us tonight, are you amazed at God's forgiveness? And I kind of know the answer. The answer is sometimes and sometimes not. And when I'm less amazed, it's usually because something is in the way of my understanding or something is in the way of my belief. You know, my, my very middle class existence, you know, I live a decent life, you know, put food on the table, all that kind of thing. My, my decent middle class existence hides me from the extent of my sin. And so it makes me wonder, do I really need forgiveness? That's a problem with my understanding, a problem with my belief about my own sin or the way that I measure myself on what I can do. You know, my, my boss at work praises me for something um, or various other ways that we measure ourselves by what we can do. And this hides from me that before anything else, I'm made for relationship with God and I'm more than what I can do or contribute. Or when I'm particularly down on myself, which happens from time to time, and my self-pity and my inward focus on my bad points hides me from the fact that Jesus not only has the authority to forgive my sins, but he also has the desire to forgive my sins. But today's passage has made really clear. And so it's a moment for us to re-clarify our understanding and our belief about who Jesus is, what our need is. It's made really clear that before anything else, we are made for relationship with God. And because of that, our biggest need is forgiveness of sin. And in light of that need, who can we trust for that? 
Well, Jesus can give us exactly what we need, forgiveness for our sin. How good is that? How good is that? Friends, brothers, sisters, family of God, will you carry that with you this week? Will you carry that with you into your life, integrated into the big decisions, the little decisions, all the things? Praise God for who he is and what he's done for us. Amen.